All right, man. Welcome to the introduction for Crow Triple Seven Radio, episode one forty nine. Uh, Jason Lindgren is with me today, and Clint Richardson. Clint's going to talk about a report that comes out that very few people look at that is apparently true accounting for governments called the CAFR report. According to Clint, the news and other places point you to budget reports, which are not the same thing and are not all-inclusive. In hour two, he talks a bit about retirement accounts and where that's all going. Anyhow, let's jump in with Jason Lindgren and Clint Richardson and talk about the CAFR report. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 149, pushing up to 150 here. Jason Lingren is with me, and we have Clint Richardson back. Uh, we were going to invite Seth Rogan, but we opted for Clint Richardson instead. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Well, good afternoon to you, sir. A little later than we usually are. Yeah, normally we're, we're earlier in the day. Um, do we have anything? It feels like we have something for the intro, but it's skipping me here. You did some shows, and we have some shows coming up that will be being recorded when this gets released, in fact. Right. So the one show I did was called The Sharpening Report. Pleasant young man there. Had a good interview, and I don't remember what the other thing is. Are we going to mention what we're doing Thursday, or are we just going to move on in here? Yeah, we're going to be recording with the SGT Report on Thursday, which is when this episode will get released. So that should be coming out shortly after that. Yeah, I'm not familiar, but I have it on good authority. It's a pretty pretty big audience, so uh, that'll be good. Anyhow, anything else before we jump in with uh, Clint? Nope, let's get old Clint Richardson on here. He's got a lot to say about the subject matter. Should we, like, tempt him with some stinky cannabis just to be sure that we've got Clint? <laughs> we've got a fatty uh, over here know, for man. you. I, I got the pineapple, pineapple Express right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to hear the. All right. No more impressions. We're never going to hear the end of it. They're going to come in and accuse Tom Hanks and Seth Rogen of having taken over Crow Triple Seven. That's right. Um, anyhow, welcome, Clint. Thanks, man. So, Jason, why don't you go ahead and do the tee up? Maybe you even want to read the definition of what a CAFA report is because I'm willing to bet like nobody knows. Right. Following on from what we've been doing, we thought it would be great to get the comprehensive annual financial report situation explained properly. And the best person we know to do that is, of course, Clint Richardson. And there's a big difference between what a budget is and what the CAFR actually is. The budget is just an organization, governmental body, saying this is how much money we need and this is what we want to spend it on. The CAFR is the actual accounting for it. And I'm just giving you the very broad definitions here, but according to a website, here is the official definition on what a CAFR is. State and local governments issue an annual financial report called the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, or CAFR. The CAFR has three parts, an introductory section, a financial section, and a statistical section. Some, but not all, of what goes into the CAFR is shaped by the Governmental Accounting Standards Board, which is the current authoritative source for governmental, generally accepted accounting principles. The groups that use the CAFR most extensively and rely on it heavily consist of the agencies that rate state and local governments for purposes of sale of bonds. Institutions that buy and sell these bonds would also be among the users of the CAFR. Moody's, Fitch IBCA, and Standard & Poor's are among the best-known rating agencies. The people who rate or buy and sell these bonds are among the most capable of reading, analyzing, and interpreting the CAFR. So that's a real vanilla definition, but Clint, this is all you, buddy. Well, hold on. Let me jump in before you queue up Clint. Um, I want to paraphrase what Clint said while we were off air. Um, Damn Clint's you, comment Tom about. Hanks. <laughs> I hate you, man. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, Seth, we better knock this off. Um, a- anyhow, um, Clint was saying that it's the only time the government ever tells the truth in the CAFA report, <laughs> um, which I, I thought was an interesting way of looking at it. And clearly, if it's being used to rate people around bonds, maybe that's a good way to describe it. Anyhow, go ahead, Clint. It's all you. Well, first of all, I just sent you a link, and that's all of my CAFA research for many, 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 many years. The radio shows I did it, my documentaries, everything is in that link. Uh, so you can give that to people, and if they want to research this for themselves, verify what I say, pull up CAFRs, all the links are there. You know, I did that when I was stoned with... Uh, with James <laughs> Franco? Um, with James Franco. Could, yeah, why do I forget his name? Because um, so, you yeah. don't know him. <laughs> back to Clint. There is no dope in your pipe. Let's get back to the CAFR, Clint. What, uh, what, what that description just... Uh, told you was very coded i mean it, unless you know what all of those things actually are you, it, it, you know it's just you're basically listening to uh something that you don't understand and pretending you understand it right that's kind of what we do when it comes to legal shit right we we, we just we just pretend that it's uh okay yeah that makes sense but you, <laughs> you first thing first thing you have to do is you have to say well what's a municipality what what is a city what is a state what is a county what is a district what is a school district what what are all these things for god's sake what are they they're corporations which is why my documentary is called the corporation nation because the nation itself is a corporation all the cities are called in the dictionary municipal corporations there's no there's no if ands or buts about it they are municipal corporations and i can go down to my local you know when I'll, i'll give you a great example when i got a ticket right i got a ticket for I think I don't remember what what horrible traffic crime I committed. Probably running a red light or something. I uh, I got a ticket and it said uh, it was from the Salt Lake City Corporation. Okay, Not, wow. they don't they don't even they don't even hide it. It's just that you never notice these things. What where is my ticket coming from? The Salt Lake City Corporation. That is the city of. Uh, Salt Lake. The city of Salt Lake is not this huge thing, this geographical thing. It's a small corporation that has to, because it's a municipal corporation, because it's under government law, it actually has to produce a comprehensive annual financial report. And guess what? Every corporation in the world is required to print a comprehensive annual financial report. Another word for the comprehensive annual financial report is the audit guess who else has to print one the federal reserve all the lies about the federal reserve all you have to do if you want all the information they say that that you can't find about the fed it's all in the comprehensive annual financial report it's like a 600 page document what prevents people from so all these reports and things are written by these entities why is it that they tell the truth on their CAFA reports why is it so important that that a true statement is included in these reports well you have to understand that first of all everything in government is a lie so when you talk about money you're talking about a a confirmed lie in other words the value of money exists well no of course it doesn't it's something that's set by the rothschild bank every day the the price (laughs) or the value of gold the value of gold or what we call the market price what is a market anyway well 
it's fiction. It, it doesn't actually, there's no existence. It's all fiction. It's all a lie, right? Your person, your straw man, as we call it, it's a legal fiction. It, literally, that's what it's defined as in the, the dictionary. So you got you to gotta understand, first of all, everything is a lie. So it cannot possibly be illegal to lie in government, right? So, Clint, is it fair to say that everything is a legal fiction as far as all the things we're going to discuss, just to put this statement out there, they're all legal fictions, is that correct? Right. You have to, you have to understand that because there's truth and there's the lie, the great big legal lie, right? Because And, and to look back at certain legal scholars, if you will, you have uh, – legal is actually defined as the undoing of God's law. That's how certain dictionary writers have defined the legal language. In other words, reality. When you say the word God, you mean nature or reality. It's the undoing of the law of nature or reality. So everything in legal is necessarily a fiction. And that goes back to the name. Because you have to understand, in reality, there's only adjectives and verbs. But in legalism, there's the name. And the name is everything. Without a name, we'd have, we'd have nothing. A name is another word for noun. So let's take something like science, for instance. We have true science, which is the study of nature, and then we have a corporation or an institution, a syndicalism called, quote-unquote, science, right? When you practice or you do science, that's a verb. But when you call yourself a scientist, that's a flattering title. That's a noun. It means absolutely nothing in reality, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're actually doing science you're doing something that resembles science but are you studying nature or are you trying to control it and see science has turned into this thing that is trying to control alter and recreate the law basically the law of nature so it's no longer science it's a pseudoscience it's something you could call it a hyper science if you want it's it's something beyond but it's still called science and therefore because we respect the name as if it's the verb or the actual action of science we respect the scientist we go into agency uh, we we feel uh, the doctor is wearing its his white coat and his stethoscope and therefore we say well if the doctor says so but a doctor in in etymology is a poisoner or a a, a witch doctor a po- uh, someone who gives potions or drugs right that's not that's not a good thing, but we've lost the meaning of words. Uh, you can go to your local, your friendly neighborhood grocery store, but grocery in legal actually means it's a it's a it's a misdem- a felony charge to be a grocer. It means you're getting products uh, uh, in a monopolistic way and charging way too much for it. But we've been entrained now that our our grocery is our friendly neighborhood grocer. It used to be a crime. That's how important words are. If you understand the name thing, the noun is very important in the legal language because everything's a noun. It's a name. It's something in name only. It's form without substance. In other words, it's a lie. So let me offer up this one-to-one on the tale of the uh, atrocious Academy Awards last night, which was wholly about three things, royalty, race baiting, and gender confusion. But to get back to the point here... You know, everyone's heard the statement, uh, all the world's a stage. If you think about corporation in the way that you just defined it, it turns us all into actors, doesn't it? Because what's happening is it puts forward a fiction, a legal fiction, or just a fiction, and then we all act as if it has reality, when in fact it doesn't. Well, let's define what an actor is. What is an actor? A professional liar. 
Right? These exactly. these people are actually getting awards for portraying the lie. And and you know, as far as my I'm concerned, after being in Hollywood and being a sound editor and dealing with these people, trust me when I say there are no good actors. There are good parts, but there are no good actors. If you get a good part, you're fortunate enough to get a good part. That uh, really, I mean, there's so many people could do. But but you say, well, that part, well, you know, Han Solo, that's got to be Harrison Ford, right? Because that's that's what you're entrained to think. You 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 recognize that 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 Harrison Ford, the liar, is Han Solo or whatever, you know, whatever part you're talking about, and you identify because you're, again, you're putting a lie on a on a on a person. And you, you know, we think this about the president and Congress, all these different things. We give them a noun, a title, a flattering title, and we respect the title. Guess what, man? Every chapter of the Bible says not to do that. No, 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 no. The law is to never put a title on anything. Never put a name that you respect over the reality of what that thing is. That, that includes poor, wealthy, uh, all these flattering titles we put on people to classify them and put them, and that includes race, right? You, you do not do that in, the, in, in nature. The, in nature, there is no such thing as a name, right? That's all a legal fiction. Because you start respecting the name of, the say, the cow over the cow itself. That's why farming is, has gone from husbandry to factory farming because there's no respect for the livestock. And that's, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of famous scholars have said the way we treat our prisoners and our livestock is a reflection of society. And if that's true, then our society is, wow, it's, it's far gone, right? <clears throat> that is an incredible point, dude. Like, wow, I love it. Right, but but we treat them according to their name. They are cattle, and that's how they treat us. We are cattle. We are we are the common people, the lower class people. That's what we're defined as as U.S. citizens. Well, also by doing that, it, you also create the image of what someone's going to think of. Like that person's in prison; they're a prisoner; they're a felon. Boom! Automatic wizardry. There's there's something conjured in the mind. That's an evil person. That's a whatever it happens to be using labels and things like that do create images in someone's mind. Would you guys agree? And guess what? You know, this is why we have uh, people like, like Ronald Reagan, who literally was a spokesmodel for products appearing in all kinds of commercials, selling cigarettes, uh, you know, the spokesmodel for cigarettes before they were found to be, you know, cancer causing shit sticks. What became our president, a guy who sold us cigarettes became our president. That's Open, how stupid yeah. we are. Uh, openly an actor. We've cited this before, Clint, um, that that was a big damn deal when uh, apparently everyone became okay with putting an actor in the supposed highest position. But let's pull this so, back around. Well, wait, 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 wait. One more thing, because you have to understand actor is a legal term as well. They call people who promote Agenda 21, they called them uh, societal actors. I can't remember the actual term, but if you look up actor in the legal dictionary, it's a very important term because everybody in legal, including you, including me, I am acting as Clint Richardson, a citizen of the United States, which is a persona of, of an artificial identity. And the reason for that is, is actually capitalism. And you have to understand what capitalism is before you can go forward here. Capitalism has a very specific meaning it's it's the same thing as a rancher does with his cattle capitalism is per capita means per the head so 
we are counted as numbers, social security numbers, right, per the head, right? That's why they keep population totals, have all these statistics and all these, uh, what do you call it, at the end of the year, they do the census, right? It's very important to have a a specific uh, uh, total of, that's, that's why they want to register everybody, give everybody an, a legal identity so you can be counted, which is what capitalism is. You have to understand capitalism is, is another word for that is human capital management. You'll hear that term used a lot, human capital management. Well, capitalism is literally the use of people the lower class common people which 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 are is another word for goyim if you're a citizen of a nation then you're a goyim that's how it's actually defined right so you actually are part of the cattle the capital of your in other words you're a, a profit model you're a a well actually the correct term and i was really surprised to learn this is live stock you are alive and you're a stock in the corporation and this is very important when you see the word people there's two forms of the word people and when you put cows on a farm or you put pigs or you put chickens that's actually called peopling you you can look this up peopling a farm is to place livestock into that little corporate structure that farm this gives a whole new fun side to human resources doesn't it that is exactly what we are human resource human resource management or human capital you have to understand that that is what you are despite what your job is because we have freedom which means franchise we are slaves who get to choose their profession i don't want to pick cotton i'm gonna be a sound engineer Ooh, look i've got so i'm gonna be an actor i'm gonna be this i'm gonna be that well guess what you're still cattle you're just instead of a slave you're a house slave so let's pull this back around to the CAFR or CAFR report. Um, as we stated earlier, um, and I'm sure you'll get further into this, governments spend most of their time not telling the truth. Apparently, in this report, true things are said. Why well, should anyone care about the CAFR report? What value does the CAFR report have for all us pigs and chickens and cows? Well, so, <laughs> so you're just meat. I, 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 uh, you have to understand then. So you, you've noticed that when it comes to, say, the IRS or any other government agency that you speak to as, as its subject, as its, you know, someone in servitude to it, it is, it is obviously illegal to lie. You lie to the IRS and they find out you go to jail, right? So they claim, uh, yeah. Right. So if I send the IRS, for instance, a tax return that omits or doesn't tell or lies about what my income, quote unquote, is, well, guess what? I'm going to probably go to jail or I'm going to have my, you know, all these horrible things because it's illegal to lie to government for a citizen. But does that apply to government? Can government lie to the people, the common people? Uh, 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 you know, that's like asking, can a slave master lie to his slaves? Well, the slave is a slave because the master lies to the slave and tells him he's a slave, right? He puts that flattering title on and, uh, the slave believes it in agency or, or as an actor and the play plays out, right? So 
Can government lie to the people? Absolutely. The only thing government does is lie to the people. Everything the government says is a lie because it's talking about something that isn't real. It doesn't exist. There is no senator. There is no Congress. There is no. These are all flattering titles put upon people. There is no king, right? There is nothing that those are actually, like the king, the pope. Those are actually corporate offices. The king and the queen do not own anything. The crown corporation actually owns everything, mm -hmm. which extends the crown, like like crowning a president of a corporation, and the crown itself is what holds the power, not the, not the man or woman under the crown. The crown itself is where the power and the authority is, and you take that and you can apply it to everything else. Does the president have power? No, the office has power. doesn't matter who the president is. The president has power, whoever is acting as the president. It could be a freaking robot or an AI, and it'll still have the same power because the corporation extends that power to that corporate office. Right? These are these are artificial structures. They're lies. But we accept the lie, which again is totally against what the Bible teaches in the in the order of nature. You're not supposed to respect the name or the title over the reality. You don't give authority to things that are not real, that are lies. And that's the whole system is based on that. Now, what does that mean? That means that everything that government tells you is a lie. Except and this is the exception. When you go under oath, when, for instance, they write the Kafir, they are actually under oath to tell the, the what in, you know, truth among thieves, basically. They, they have to actually report what is happening, which is why all this information is there. And it's very important to understand that, that factor, because you'll hear people say, well, you know, how do I, how can I trust the Kafir? How can I trust... The government. This is why Trump can say anything he wants. He can lie to you, and it's not illegal. This is why a congressman can lie to you. This is why the news lies to you. It's not illegal. It's all considered entertainment, which means to enter and hold the mind. Entertainment, ment, mentis, tame to hold, enter to enter, right? Yep. Enter and hold the <clears throat> mind. And this is why they never talk about the Kaffir in public. So hold on here, Clint. When when they're getting ready to, to give data to the Heifer report, I mean the Kaffir report, is there a special oath that's taken at the time or is an existing oath they're already under that compels them to give real data? Well, they're always under oath, but that oath only applies to government. When they're talking to us, when you see a public forum, when you see an interview, there is no obligation to tell the truth. That's why no one ever gets in trouble for lying. The only time they get in trouble, if you want to call it that, is because public opinion, or they want them out. If someone talks about the Kaffir in public, trust me when I say they're going to be out of office the next year. Okay, this is not, so this is the Kaffir is the, the uh, Walter Beard used to call it the holy grail of government accounting. It is the biggest open secret you can possibly imagine. If people actually understood what was in these reports, uh, you know, the, the notion that there's any type of bankruptcy or debt or anything, the government holds all debt, but you don't know that. Government owns all corporations in the world. You don't know that because you're not privy to the comprehensive annual financial report. What you're privy to is what's called the budget report. Everybody's familiar with the budget report. When Congress gets together or when the city council gets together, what do they talk about? They talk about their budget, which is strictly the budget between fiscal year and fiscal year. So 
uh, 365 days. That's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to pay attention to anything we have in savings. We're not going to, nothing that we've had since the beginning of our government. We're only going to talk about the financial, the balance sheet between one date and another date, 300, the fiscal year. And we're not going to include anything that happened before that. That is what the budget report is. The CAFA report is everything since the inception of that government is is included. So the the equivalent to this is say say I I I was trying to be creatively accounting with the with the IRS, and I said, well, hey, uh, IRS, you know, I have. Um, I, I earned, uh, you know, $100,000 this year. In reality, though, I earned 500000 But as a reported income, I earned $100,000, and I spent $100,000. That's a balance sheet, right? That, that is the input-output, the, the assets and the liabilities. And the, the idea of balancing things which is what your budget report does, is to show a zero balance, right? So what they do in government, though, is they say, well, we spent a little extra, uh, which means that we need more money next year. So, you know, our budget is going to grow every year because we're spending more and more money every year. That's the purpose of the budget report. But if they actually showed you their whole accounting, their audit, which is the so, in other words, the budget record is is literally called the unaudited report, but the CAFR is is called the audit report of government, and it shows all the savings, all the stock investments, all the debt that is owed to government, all the debt it holds. It shows everything, right? So that actually increases the holdings of government to a point that you wouldn't believe in the billions for each government. But they don't report that on the budget report because the budget report only shows what they're going to take in for taxation or fees or whatever and what they're going to expend for that single year. And that's what we're all trained and trained to look at is the budget report because that's tax in, tax out. That's all we think about because, because I mean, who, who would consider that government – for 60, 70 years has been investing in every corporate structure, has been building countries like Mexico, China, Russia. Who would expect or possibly consider that government is the major shareholder in every corporation and therefore has all these powers over corporations? Now, the big fallacy is that, well, the banks own government. Pharmaceutical companies own Congress. It's actually quite the opposite, and the proof of that of which there is no proof uh, that that corporations own government, but when you look at government owning corporations, I can show you that. All you have to do is pull up a pension report, a pension fund, and you can see a billion dollars of Exxon stock in just the one pension fund. Right? So who? So so then who owns government? Well, no one owns government. It's it's a it's a freestanding thing. But you could say that the private people or the states, which are not us. Right. Remember, we're national citizens. We don't have a territory. We don't have a land. We're all from Washington, D.C., and we're foreigners in every state, which is why we have no rights. We have, we're all tenants, right? That's all straw man stuff. So the private people, right, the, the Congress. The entitled. Well, the, the bloodline, we'll, we'll say okay. it like it is, right? All right. Yep. And that includes people like Obama, who we are trained to say is black, but he's actually white. He has white blood, pure uh, pure blood that matches their qualifications. He's related to all the kings and queens 
of of his first cousins with Anne Boleyn, that kind of thing, right? Those are the people. Those are the those are the people. Nothing has changed in that regard, right? The United States was created in Washington D.C., and that's that's where the United States exists. The jurisdiction, however, extends all over. You know the the states themselves for the common people because we have a franchise. And that's why anybody can come to the country. Any Japanese student can come here and get the same exact citizenship I have, right? It's common. It's the lowest possible place you can be. It, it's the same as slavery. The in 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 the Civil War, the slaves were were actually incorporated or emancipated. They were put into franchise, which is called citizenship, and all the the workers, the white workers that used to be indentured servants, were put down into that that place called citizenship and now we're all equal right so you became equal with slaves thanks to the civil war and the new 13th amendment right the old 13th amendment approved slavery the new 13th amendment made it made it uh, basically it took all the slaves from the private people and made them uh, government they that's that's what citizenship is it's it's the <clears throat> taking of all the slaves and giving them a status or a person a straw man so I'm right. coming up in the world. I've made it to the bottom rung, but let me ask you a question here. Everybody knows, because they've been sitting in front of their television drooling, watching CNN and Fox, that debt is a huge problem, right? And we're all, as you pointed out, told to go look at the budget reports. How much debt is the government in? Does the CAFR report get into the massive amount of debt that must be there? Well, see, here's your problem, man. You think debt is a bad thing. Why, why do you think... Why Actually, you personally, think I don't. I, th I think that the entire system requires debt and that every year there will have to be more. But most people think that Fox News and CNN are telling them the truth, that if we don't get our damn hands around this debt, you know, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, no. Debt is the most most beautiful, wonderful thing you can have if you're trying to make money because that mean, it, it has two factors here, right? There's a creditor and a debtor. Uh, citizenship is literally a debt. Uh, uh, it's called a performance debt. It's a contract of performance debt, meaning you have to perform uh, for your creditor, right? So debt is a beautiful thing because, and and I'm speaking strictly against my own moral morals here. I'm 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 trying to say I'm government. This is how I explain it. And if you really want to understand this, the the millionaire next door, I believe the the daddy. Uh, Rich Daddy, I think, is is the guy that that explains this really well. Debt is how billionaires are made. This is debt is the most important thing. If you want to be rich, you invest in debt. See, we we're trained to, to pay the debt, sorry, right? And that's why debt is such an important thing. If you look at, for instance, the California system of student debt. The government itself in California holds over a, at this point, I can't imagine how much it is, but five years ago, the government held over a billion dollars in debt, in, in student loan debt, right? That is, uh, plus they give you like 30 years to pay it, which is the interest out the wazoo, right? So government, when you have a debt instrument, that is considered by government to be actual money. Even though you're not going to get the payments for that until the future, you can consider that debt as an asset today, and you can loan against it. You can do, you can invest it. You can do all kinds of things. This is how the system actually runs. So if you're holding debt, you have what's called a future liability. You're holding something that is worth 
not only the value of its face, but the interest that's going to be charged, which is, of course, ridiculous. That's why interest, again, against the, the new law, the Bible, right? Interest is horrible because it creates money out of nothing. And you have to create more money, and then it gets into debt. And this is how they, they've, they've managed the system. This is how, actually, they've purchased everything in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Why you have no land for yourself? Because through interest, they have all this money. They they loan to each other. They collect. You know. So here's how it works, man. And it's really simple. If you just understand this one thing, it's so simple. Because government operates on debt. The whole social security fund is debt, and people are trained to say, "Oh, that's a bad thing." No, 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 no. That's that's how it works. It couldn't have got there without that. So. If you understand that debt is how millionaires and billionaires are made, like if you, again, if you, if you look at these people, they're always investing in debt and through the debt, they take the value of the debt and they invest in other things. So it's like having almost like moonlighting. You have interest coming in and payments coming in. Plus you've taken the full value of the, of your loan. Say you have a hundred thousand dollar loan or a mortgage, right? You can take that value plus the interest you're going to receive and invest it. And that's what government does. It's called hypothecation, right? You keep investing the same amounts over and over and over, and then suddenly you have trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars worth of what's called derivatives, right? Derivatives, my God, it's it's amazing. The value, and, and, and you also have to remember, man, there's only like, uh, oh, 600 and, I can't remember, maybe a trillion dollars at most of actual cash, Right? There, there's not that much cash out there in circulation. Everything else is credit. You're talking about physical cash, like printed money, right? right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So you're talking about trillions and trillions into the quadrillions uh, of, of debt and derivatives and all these things that has allowed governments across the world in coordination, you know, the United Nations, to purchase up the world, to build up countries, to build up China, right? Biggest fallacy in the world is that China owns the U.S. Again, how did China, you know, you look at the CAFA report, for instance, if you look at a pension fund, you will see that the China bank and the China this and the China that, even the prefectures uh, where, say, remember the radiation spill? Fukushima? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Fukushima is a prefecture. A prefecture is like a municipal corporation. And you can look those up, and they are owned by the U.S. government and other governments. They are stock-held corporations. That, that's what a city is. So I wanted to ask this earlier, but I forgot. Um, so there's shareholders, right? There's a corporation there, prefectures held. How do you find the stockholders? You? Anyone. So there, there are no... So a, a municipal corporation in, in America does not have stock it has stakeholders which is a kind of a different thing but it doesn't actually have stock government does not have stock so again the fallacy that you can own the federal reserve that banks own the federal reserve there is no actual investment stock and this is right on right from the federal reserve itself in the actual law that that the federal reserve you know the, i can't remember title whatever 28 i can't remember but uh it's it's called membership stock it's a totally different kind of stock for specifically for independent agencies of government uh independent does not mean private that's another fallacy because private means foreign and obviously the federal reserve is not foreign to the united states that's another lie that you hear 
I've seen this actually. It, it's it's a stock of sort, but it is right in the creation of it that it cannot be bought and sold. It's not an investment. It's a requirement. You right. don't even have a yeah. choice. Right? You want to be so, a bank. You want to so, play with funny money. You want to be able to create through the fractional reserve system money that has that has nothing backing it. Then you have to be a member of the Federal Reserve. You have to get a, uh, give them about a million dollars, I think it was, to get a uh, hundred shares of what's called membership stock. It is not. It is not. Uh, it does not represent ownership in any way because you cannot own a government agency. Well, I think the easy way to say it is, it's not a publicly traded corporation like you could buy stock in Apple, for instance. Right. So, but, but wait a minute here. Maybe I should have rephrased that and said beneficiaries or something like that. So let's go back to the prefecture of Fukushima, where that nonsense went on with radiation and an energy company. Um, who are the beneficiaries of the value of so these corporations, are- and how do you find them? I recommend going to CalPERS. Uh, CalPERS is the California pension yep. fund because it's such a well-organized uh, CAFR. And they have this thing called an investment uh, report uh, that you can pull up and it shows every, and I, I feature this in my documentaries, the Corporation Nation. You can, you can the Great Pension Fund hoax is actually the second one. But you, you, you can see every corporation. I mean, every corporation you can imagine, McDonald's, you know, t- any of them, you will find that the pension funds especially hold the stock for that. But it's that's corporate stock. So that would be domestic stock. Then they have the international stock section. Every possible bank in the world, you'll find stock owned by governments through pension funds especially. And then other governments through what's called mutual funds. And this is also, by the way, it's called institutional holders because governments are institutions. Right, so it's not individuals that hold the stock, but rather corporations or, or governments. That's the majority holder of all mutual funds, right? Then there's different section. There's real estate. There's real estate investment uh, funds. There's gold. There's silver. There's all kinds of things that these things invest in, and foreign currencies. You'll see every foreign currency that that governments have. Uh, hold as an asset, as a hedge, right? And then you'll see a section that'll be bonds or certain certain things. And I, can't, I honestly can't remember what they're called right now, but if you search that document for the, the names of the prefectures, I'm sure I wrote about this. I, 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 I have it somewhere in my notes, but you'll, you'll find that those are called a certain thing and that they have uh, actual stock owners but it's not a stock like again like the federal reserve stock is not a stock it's like a a stakeholder thing it's it's hard to it's hard to put that into words so a corporation is formed for one reason because somewhere in the world a living human being wants to benefit from the value right Uh, a corporation is formed to limit your own liability a corporation is formed to create okay but but broadly claim we we all get that the the main point here the corporation is going to generate value of some kind and yes we understand that it limits liability there's all these other things but at the base of it if you're going to say a prefecture is a corporation then somehow there's value coming out of that right Uh, uh, but a corporation what is a corporation a corporation is a person just like you're a person, right? Right. That's right. what's important. It creates a person, a a. You can't call it an individual, but you. It's a. It's if you look up the definition 
of person you'll see it's associations corporation it's right. creating a name and that name is a person in law just like the vatican is a person in law united states is a person in law right the, right the the idea is to create a fiction that does things and gets licensed to do things that we can't do a license means lawlessness it means that you have permission to break the law only only certain persons can break the law that's what a license is. That's what a permit is. That's the beauty of being a corporation is that you have benefits. You can do things. Doctors can get mal in practice insurance. In other words, if they kill you, they're insured for it. Right? This is, this is what hospitals do. All right. So, so let me come back to Fukushima then. Fictitious entity there is the main goal of being a participant in whoever the heck controls Fukushima, the prefecture, the corporation. Is it about gaining wealth or is it about gaining oh. the ability to do things well see so there again we have to redefine what wealth is to the wealthy wealth has nothing to do with money money is a tool to acquire wealth if you have cash or credit or anything you don't have wealth you have an iou right, right? You, you have something that is worth nothing if the dollar crashes tomorrow then your dollar bill is worth nothing but the dollar bill can acquire things. So what is the most important possible thing that government can acquire if you're trying to set up a new world order, right? Which, which we'll talk about here in a minute. A, a new secular uh, or worldly order built on the money system. What's the most important thing you can possibly have? It's ownership in everything. The only way that you can own anything is one, to fictionalize it, to make it into a person. A corporation two to assign stock to that corporation which you can then purchase once you have the stock which you can see all their stock ownership especially in pension funds right once you have the stock then you have partial ownership a stockholder is an owner in private and, and public corporations not governments but these corporations so government then by setting up this system of stock investment, then of course, over the last how many you know decades, has been purchasing stock and telling you that it has no money because it takes all your taxpayer money, puts it in investment funds, and saves it, and those investment funds represent stock ownership. They don't put that on the budget because you cannot touch it, right? So what's the most important thing you can do you can have stock ownership what comes with stock ownership what comes with ownership of a corporation well you become what's called a proxy shareholder voter you get to vote for who's the board of directors you get to vote for mergers and acquisitions you get to vote on all of these different things. You get to vote on whether the CEO gets a raise or not. And even more important, because you get to vote for who is the board of directors and therefore fire the board of directors, the board of directors is the one that creates or elects the CEO. So you have power over who the CEO is, right? As a shareholder in the company, each share comes with a vote and shareholder proxy shareholding voting is everything that means you have control over the whole thing so let's get let's take an example of the power that 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 actually bestows let's say that we have another oil spill let's say the exxon valdez spill or any of the oil spills why is it that you think that government doesn't require exxon to clean up its spill 
Put the math together. Government is the main shareholder of Exxon. And as the main shareholder, the corporation itself, the goal of a corporation is to make profit for its shareholders. That is its highest order. But there's no other reason for a corporation to exist as a public entity except to create wealth for its shareholders. If it does not create wealth for its shareholders, then it is considered an unprofitable corporation. I can't think of the word right now. Uh, insolvent, excuse me, right? That, 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 that's what I—that's what I was getting at with the Fukushima thing. Right, right, right. So, so if you if you have a, a if you are government, you own stock in a corporation, and it's in the best interest of the stockholder, which is government, to uh, to not clean up that oil spill because it's going to cost billions of dollars, and you're not going to get a return, which in turn is not going to show up as an asset or a a gain, a profit for that year. Well, then it's in your best interest as government to not require the very person, the corporation that's responsible for the oil spill to clean up its oil spill. It's going to be unprofitable to clean up the food system because it creates all kinds of unhealthy people. And government is the stockholder of all pharmaceutical corporations and all medicals. Doctors literally work for government. They, they have the power of prescription. Prescription literally is the highest power you can have. Because to prescribe something is a real estate term, but it's also a term in medical, meaning that the pharmaceutical companies, which government is the highest shareholder of, can't unload their poisons, their drugs, unless a doctor prescribes them. So, but wait a minute. In that model, that would imply that certain governments were here early enough in the game to get enough power to be players at this level. So, doesn't that kind of imply there are all kinds of supposed governments out there that have very little influence over anything because all their crap was already bought by some other government? Well, you can look at Canada's pension funds. You can look at China's pension funds. And you can also, it's very important to understand the social security system is in every country now. It's, well, not every country. It's in like uh, 80 something countries, right? Social you think you're special because you have social security and I mean your audience, not you, but we all, we all think we're special because we have this so-called benefit called social security, which is completely made up of debt. And if you look at social security, it rises every year. It's the fund itself gets more bigger and bigger every year, even though they're telling us it's going down. You look at the comprehensive annual financial report for the social security system. It's going up to back way the heck up from the road that we were going down. Fukushima, and the reason I keep going back to is because everyone's heard of it. Everybody understands what happened there. We don't have to point it out. Somewhere, there's a board of directors for that prefecture, right? Well, a board of directors? What do you think a, a city council is? So that would be the board of directors for Fukushima? Uh, well, I mean, technically, that's uh, in, it, it's not correct language, but it's the same thing. The board of directors for a municipal corporation generally hires what's called a city ma manager, which is like hiring a CEO. So if you look at your city, your, your, your own city, you're going to have a board of directors, which is the council. Uh, which is not at all required to listen to you whatsoever. It's a separate corporation that you're voluntarily a part of. And it hires what's called a city manager, which is, again, like hiring a CEO. And the city manager, if you look at, I mean, it'll scare you. If you look in your city charter, which nobody does, the charter even says that the city manager can take control of the whole city, uh, bypass, because it's the executive uh, office, and it, it can bypass the entire city council, uh, in a state of an emergency. That's why emergency is so important in every nation, because wow. just like the president declares a national emergency, therefore he can bypass Congress.
Okay, so so the reason I kept coming back to that is because it's pretty clear that Fukushima was once a place that probably made a lot of things. Its history went all the way back to the samurai families. Sure. From, the, from the supposed nuclear accident onward, not much being produced there anymore. And by the way, the supposed big energy company that was there is kind of not making energy by their accounting. Right. So well, the, the point I was trying to get at is that whatever or whoever, however, that particular prefecture is controlled, what was allowed was the doing of things regardless of any idea of monetary value. Again, how do you take over the? How do you create a new secular order? How do you create a new world order? You have to put a name on everything, so you have to create a person. So every city goes from being a land, a territory where people are farming and having a good old time, to a corporation. Right? That's the first step: is to incorporate everything, including the people, which is what happened with. That's what citizenship is. It's it's the incorporation, or what is called denizenship, is actually what it's called. So you're a, if you look up denizen, you can get an idea what what's what we are. Right. So first, you have to create this fiction, and then you control everything because everything now has a name. Everything has a person, a persona. Yeah. Uh, what is a noun? Noun is a person, place, or thing. Well, that describes everything, right? You're a person, you have a place, which is a fiction, and all property is a thing. You now have set up a system of names called the legal language that, that puts, a, puts a, a form without any substance, a name, a noun on everything. And you, if you control the name, you control the substance. The name of the, the form, if you control the form, you control the substance. So to, to control Fukushima, or what we call Fukushima... Like, if I say Chicago, you think the entire city of Chicago, but Chicago is a, a, a piece of paper. It's a, it's a, it's a, a compact, a, uh, excuse me, I said it before, a charter, right? It's a corporation, and it exists on paper only. The, the area itself is actually the territory, which, which is the substance or the, the, the land, the geographical area, but the, the corporation of Chicago, that area on a map is what Chicago really is. It doesn't exist in reality. It is purely based on belief, just like the value of money is a pure faith-based belief. Right? That's how things are controlled, through this religious type of belief in the value of things, and the, especially the value of names. The value of the noun is so important, I can't even stress it. So all of, by incorporating the entire world, creating the new world order, the new secular world, you have literally put a fiction on the entire world. You've taken it out of nature, in other words. You've taken the, the common law, the Bible, out of the picture, and you have created a fictional world which you control. And because you control the fiction, you control the real. Because we believe we are the fiction. We believe that a city is the geographical area. We believe that a state is the geographical area. We believe that the United States is the whole continent, when in fact it's a little corporation in Washington, D.C., you see how that works? Right. We're spot on here. That closing statement, Clint, plays so heavily into so much of, of what we've we've covered recently because we've covered the technocracy. And basically what all of this is pointing to is what you just succinctly defined uh, that I call an artificial construct because the people or living beings, presumably, in this world that want to control it all cannot control nature. 
So they're right. creating artificial means, things that have no existence, which we're all convinced to believe in, which in fact compels the living beings to be under some sort of control. But Perfect. I'm going to wrap up hour one of episode 149 here, but I'm going to say this. There's a lot of things we could have said in hour one, and there's a lot of things we couldn't say in hour one that we are going to say in hour two. So, Clint, as I close here, I'm going to ask you something about the heifer report. I mean, the cow report. I mean, the Kaffir report. When you look at the Kaffir report, does it give you insight to things that may affect many of us pretty soon? Yes or no? It gives you insight into the entire world structure and who controls it. So the answer is obviously yes. Okay, so we're going to come back in hour two over at Crow777radio.com, and we're going to say whatever the heck we want because free speech still rules there, and we don't have to tiptoe through the tulips like we do in hour one, which is completely unfortunate. As a matter of fact, for the record, I may quit posting hour ones on YouTube before too long uh, because I'm sick and tired of some corporation acting like they have the right to censor my thoughts, my freedom of expression, and basically new discoveries. And this is for you, YouTube. This is this is for your ears, YouTube. You're trying to keep us all stuck in some past time by publishing your Encyclopedia Britannica nonsense below new discoveries. What you're trying to do is stifle new discoveries with old, tired definitions that no longer have merit. So anyhow, that's the end of hour one for episode 149. I hope to see you all over at Crow777radio.com so we can talk actual facts about things that actually matter. There it is, man. Cheers.